Good evening, and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program, sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own Heritage of Faith. Nice to be with you tonight for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah and I'm the Ministry Assistant at Heritage and tonight we will begin a new series on the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis. If you would like to join in the conversation tonight, or if you have questions or need someone to pray with, please give us a call. Our studio phone number is 929-333-3739. So, Pastor, tonight we begin our third series since we've been back on the air. Um, We started in December 2020. We went through Revelation, and then we Mm -hmm. just finished our series on Back to the Beginning in Genesis 1 through 11. How do you think this series is going to be different? How is it? Well, I believe it's going to really focus in on family matters, on on the the struggles that individuals have in foreign cultures. Yeah. And and, and in a sense, as Christians living like in New York City, we're living in a foreign culture. Yeah. And so even as we're going to talk tonight about how uh, uh, Jacob and his family, they dwelt in the land as strangers. Right. And Mm so so right from the very first verse and right to the end. But what I really love about it is we're going to see also Jesus Christ mm-hmm. in type mm-hmm. as we study the life of Joseph. So yeah. there's a lot of exciting things yeah, there is. about the life of Joseph and this story, mm-hmm. which t- think of this. this. The story of Joseph goes from chapter 37 through 50. Right. It takes up more space in Scripture than creation. And we talked about creation <laughs> yeah, back to the beginning. Quite a while. So, so this yeah. is very important yeah, in God's is. mind and heart, the yeah. story of Joseph. So, And I'm excited, too, because it's uh, a little bit more of a narrative story um, that we're going to like really have time to really like go through and dig into. And that's a little bit different than what we've done. Yes, it is. So we're excited about that. And we're very thrilled to have with us a wonderful couple in our church and I've been knowing Brother Vinny, wow, for over 20 years, Vinny. So you've been here before on the Heritage of Faith Conversations, and we're always thrilled to have you, Brother Vinny. Well, it's always a, a pleasure being here and around everybody from Heritage. I would say about 23 and a half years I've been with Heritage, and I, wow. it's always been a great time. Even through my rough times, Heritage has taken me through a journey that I've, very, I've been very blessed, I have to say, honestly, blessed. Amen. And we're really excited as well to have mm-hmm. your wife, Grace, by your side. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, mm-hmm. and we know how much you need Grace. And you have, Amen. You have the fullness <laughs> of Grace right here, right next yeah, to you. So, yes. Grace, we welcome you to our you. Heritage of Faith program tonight. I'm happy to be here, Pastor. Yeah, yeah. and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know that you came out of the Catholic Church, and, and what are just some of the differences that you've experienced at Heritage from the way that you grew up as a Catholic, as in the Roman Catholic mm-hmm. system and your relationship with Jesus now? Okay. Yes, so um, interestingly enough, I've gone to Catholic grammar school, mm. Catholic high school, in Catholic college. Oh, wow. Okay. And not only did I, all my immediate cousins were all the same. Mm. The whole family was like this. Uh-huh. So, you know, for us it was nothing. It was just, for me, it was like, okay, this is the way it is. Um, high school and college was just, all we did was take a theology course, really. It was not, I wouldn't say it was that 
holy or anything like that. Uh, just a theology class, write a few papers. College was like a joke, kind of. It was just a yeah. yeah we had to memorize my. I had a, I had a priest actually teaching the class, and he gave us the answers to the test. So we just had to memorize. It was kind of a joke, but whatever. Um, in gra- in elementary school it was interesting mm. because um, of course I did all the sacraments. I did everything. Yeah. Um, ne- we never had a Bible. I mean, I didn't even. I don't think I've ever opened up a Bible in my whole life until I've come to Heritage. And um, we used to be afraid of the priests. Not for mm. it was just really so they it never was really scary. encourage you to no, read the Bible. Never. We went to church. Like my parents used to take us to church every Sunday. It was the same thing. Like they had they went through their their little you know tradition yeah, yeah tradition the and then it was like he did the homily the, we read the gospel and he did the homily I didn't understand a word he said the whole time because he was I guess it was just monotone mm-hmm. it was just really crazy and then we the only reaction interaction with the priest was when we had to go to com- um, confession that was really scary mm. I remember in second grade we used to go to the priest and we used to all memorize our sins. I, I, I still remember them to this day. I lied to my mother. I lied to my father. I yelled at my sister. That's, yeah. what, that's what we all said. And then Each t- time you said the same thing. Yes. And then we'd go and he'd say, okay, it's okay. And we, we, we don't even look at him. We're in a room. Yeah. Now I think they do look at him, but it was so yeah. scary. It was so, I mean, it was kind of but weird. But you never really had a relationship with the Lord Jesus. No, never. In a, in a oh, personal no. way. Never. Yeah. Never. I, I didn't even know. And when you came to Heritage, of course, you yes. called on the Lord. Yes. And now you Yes, now when you I came to um, Heritage through Vinny, when I met Vinny, and um, I didn't, you know, I, when he, we went on our first date, he says to me, 30 minutes into the date, he's like, so, what are your beliefs? 30 minutes, yeah. I, I'm on first date with it. And yeah. I was like, oh, you know, I'm Catholic. And he goes, oh, well, do you know what it's like to be born again? I was like, oh, no. And we're in a car at this point. I, because in my mind, yeah. born again, I was. I used to work in this publishing company, and there was this guy. He was born again. Mm-hmm. He was walking around in his mail cart, yeah. singing, praising the Lord. And then he told us he was on drugs, and he got saved. because. So we were yeah. like, okay, it's because he's on drugs. Thank, that, that's great for him. Mm. So that's what, that's what I yeah. always thought born again was. Until Vinny brought me to Heritage, and I was just blown away by when I first met you, Pastor, and Debbie. So loving. Everybody's so loving and caring. I, I, you know, it took me a few times to understand what was going on because I'm still thinking about the guy. I still do the sign. You know, it was kind of weird, but it was just so strange. Like, Vinny kept saying, you have to talk, to, you have to talk, you have to have a relationship. And I'm like, I don't understand. I didn't even know how to pray out loud. Mm-hmm. And I still, to yeah. this day, struggle a little bit because of that. Sure. So it's like so weird because when you do, you feel so good. Like, you feel yeah. like so... And when I ask, when I... When I have, I just I feel like I have a family at Heritage. Wow. I really do. I just feel so wonderful. And, and then um, it's just... Just a wonderful feeling, and I've, I've been vulnerable at times talking about my life with my kids, you know, and you and, and Debbie have come, Pastor, you and Debbie have come over to my house to talk to my kids, the caring yeah. that you care. Like, I know that, like, in my in your heart that you want my kids to be saved, too. Absolutely. And that makes sure. me feel like, wow, what kind of, this is a real, like, when I tell people this, it's like, and then I'll even tell my kids, you know, I was at church, we prayed for you. It was, oh, thank you, yeah. you know. But it's just, and you've met the, you've met my boys and stuff. It's Absolutely, just, yeah. It's just been we a We pray for them. They're on yeah. our prayer list all the time. I, and I'm, I feel so happy about yeah. that. So I've been with Heritage for seven years now. Wow. And it's been really Praise just God. a wonderful time and um, just changed my life because I know now that, you know, and yeah. the, the prayers that you just say on paper, you, know, you have to really speak and you have to know, you know, you have to speak to personally, like mm. you're talking to a person. That's right. You know, and, and it really does um, 
it's a different life. You know, I think life. too the the big a big difference is, and that's beautiful, Grace. Thank you so much for sharing that. A big difference is in the Catholic system. It's it's all full of intercessors, and yeah. it's like you you really can't go straight to God. You have to go no. through to to the priest, or you know yes. you have to go to Mary, or you have to go to yes, one of the yes. saints. Or, no, but in the Bible says that right, Jesus yes. Christ is the way to the Father, right. and we can come to Jesus Christ. And He said, "Come unto me." all that labor yes. and that we can have that relationship with Jesus. Right. And so praise God. We're so thrilled. Yes. Uh, Grace, thank, thank you, you thank for you. sharing that beautiful word tonight. And we're going to get into this passage of scripture of Genesis chapter 37. We're, we're going to just introduce it tonight. We're going to look at the first four verses and the theme of our study of the life of Joseph is really the theme of our our first program on Joseph tonight, and that's living in the powder keg of pressure. Because really, Joseph's life was lived under pressure. Mm. And it was like ready to explode at every moment, it seems, whether he was in his family Mm. or whether he was in Egypt or, you know, in the prison, wherever he went, he was just under huge amounts of pressure. Mm. Mm -hmm. But the Lord was always with Joseph. And that's Mm. really the theme of his life. The Mm. Lord was with him, living in the powder keg of pressure. And and we're living in the powder keg of pressure. So that's that's kind of just introduce us. Let's look at the first four verses. And and, uh, Vinny and Grace, you're going to read. Grace, will start us off and read the first two, and then Vinny, uh, go ahead and read the, the three and four, and then lead us out in prayer. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren, and the lad was with the sons of Bihan and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought up his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Let us go into prayer. Father God, we praise and thank you, Lord, for this time. Mm. We lift you today, O Lord, that... Many, many ears could hear the word going out from this radio station today, that they can be blessed in a special way, O Lord, that whatever scales are upon their eyes that are there will fall away, O Father God, that their hearts will be tenderized from your word, your truth, your light shining upon them, O Father God. Let your love be in their hearts, O Lord. Bless them in a special way. Father God, just loosen up the tongues today with Pastor and Micah and Grace and I. And just let it be that your word definitely goes through. Because your word is the strength of what we need in this world. Especially today, O Father God. Mm -hmm. Today there are so many troubles in this world. People don't know the things that are going on. They're so blinded by the lies that are here in this world. Open up their eyes, Father God, and let them see the truth as we praise and thank you, Lord, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 So living in the powder keg of pressure. Here's our first program on the life of Joseph. And what a fascinating drama Mm. this is. And really what we see in every line is God is building a family 
that will bring that blessing to all the world. The now, you would world, think yeah. that the first family that God really chooses and, and then begins to mold through which to bring his son, that that family would be in good order. That it would be a, <laughs> it would be a, not, no family's perfect, but at least it would be close to it, you know. But this family is like dysfunction yeah. on steroids, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's really a lot of stuff going on here. But God is going to still use this family to bring the Messiah, Jesus Christ, into the world. And so there's a deep level to the life of Joseph that in Joseph we see Jesus because Jesus is going to be born out of this family. So I I really believe that's why in the life of Joseph we're so often in so many ways reminded of Jesus. So let's just do a quick flyover and just think about that for a moment, How Mm. that how is Joseph often a type, Micah, of our Lord Jesus Christ? Yeah, well, I love this question. I've heard it said that there are at least 70 different ways that Joseph is a type of Christ, and one of the big ones is that Joseph foresaw what the future held for him. Mm. So in the verses that follow the scripture we read tonight, Joseph has two dreams where God reveals to him that one day he is going to be exalted and save the life of his brothers. But when Joseph tells his brothers his dreams, they don't believe him. So, of course, we know that Jesus also knew what his future held, and multiple times he told his Jewish followers or brothers what would happen. So I'll give one example. Mark eight thirty one says, And mm. Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. So it was really specific, and he told his, his followers this. But in both cases, with Joseph and with Jesus, the brothers didn't understand until after the fact. Yeah, that is amazing how both Joseph and Jesus prophesied in the sense their exaltation and both were rejected. Mm. Incredible. And we could we could have a whole program on that. But Vinny, do you have another way that Joseph well, Joseph, us of Joseph was crucified. He was beat up by his families. Mm. You know, just like Jesus. It was Jesus sent to the cross, mm. right? I mean, he came to his own and his own received yeah, him not. That's right. You know, right there. Now, these are his brothers that cast them off, you know, pretty much to, they wanted to kill him at one point. There was so much jealousy going on toward him that it was, you know, his uh, days were going to be numbered. And that's just the way it is. But God had a promise with Joseph, and that that promise was going to be fulfilled no matter what. He was going to come out of this, and we see what the outcome of it was, was a blessing in itself. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Micah, did you want to share another point of, yeah. of this? So after, and, and we'll get to all these stories, but after Joseph is stripped of his coat, sold for silver, accused and abused, he's eventually exalted and becomes the right-hand man of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And at that point, Joseph, he takes a Gentile bride. He proceeds to implement his mm. plan to save all the people from death during the famine. And the Bible actually says that Joseph purchases the people. So in order to save them. So Genesis 47, verse 23, Then Joseph said unto the people, Behold, I have bought you this day. And then the people respond in 47, 25, and they say, And they said, Thou hast saved our lives. Let us find grace in the sight of my Lord. So Joseph, he even Mm. saves his own family, including his father Jacob, who is now called Israel. So what a powerful picture of Jesus Christ this is. Jesus also was stripped, sold, accused, abused, and yet, after his resurrection, he is exalted to sit at the right hand of the Father. And Jesus also bought and purchased his people on the cross, saving them from eternal death. And he even saves Israel. Romans 11:26 says yeah. that one day in the future, all Israel will be saved. But in the meantime, 
Jesus, just like Joseph, has taken a Gentile bride, the church. And, and we're not straining the scripture no. to make this parallel between Joseph and Jesus. Mm-hmm. We're just exposing what clearly the Bible says because these parallels between Joseph and Jesus mm-hmm. show us the divine nature of God's word, that it's God's inspired word because nobody could put this together. Amen. But let me just, this mm-hmm. to me is like, th- this parallel is so clear, so clear yeah. and mm-hmm. so amazing. Mm-hmm. When they threw Joseph in the pit mm-hmm. and it says they took him, they cast him into a pit and it says they sat down to eat bread and lifted up their eyes and looked. So Joseph was suffering and they sat down to eat bread. Mm-hmm. Joseph was in the pit. When Jesus was in the, on the cross, it says literally almost the exact same thing, that sitting down, they watched him there. Mm-hmm. So just like Joseph's brothers sat down and watched him in the pit and mm-hmm. ate their bread like nothing was going on. So when Jesus was on the cross, rejected, mm-hmm. suffering for the sins of the world, they watched him there. I mean, we could go on and use yeah. many of these mm-hmm. kinds of parallels. Yeah. So as you say, we'll get into them. But God's word is truly miraculous in this typology that we will see in the life of Joseph. So let's let's now get into this passage of Scripture tonight. And may God open our hearts yeah. as we see the sorrows of what they're going through and, and the, the pressure that Joseph is under. So, dear friends, let me just say, if you are under pressure in your life, you want somebody to pray with you, you need some special encouragement, you're going through really a severe pressure. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe there's a lot of hostility. Maybe there's a lot of anger and conflict in your home tonight, and you need prayer. Get to us right now at 929-333-3739. Or maybe you're just under pressure trying to live for Jesus Christ, but this world is trying to push you into the mold of this sinful culture that we're in. And and you just feel that pressure, but you don't want to fit into that mold. You want to be conformed to Christ. If that's your desire and you want us to pray with you, again, get to us right now, 929-333-3739. We have really wonderful call screeners here tonight who could bring you to the Lord, bring you to prayer, open up God's Word at 929-333-3739. So the three areas we want to look at this powder keg of pressure is, first of all, cultural idolatry that... Joseph and his family lived in. Second of all, the family iniquity, the sin of his own family, and then the sibling hostility, the hostility of his brothers. So it says in verse 1, Micah, that Jacob lived in this land of Canaan where his father Isaac was a stranger, and I think he was a stranger there. He was yeah. pretty much a stranger there, too. Yeah. What a challenge this is, again, and, we've, we, and, and the context of Scripture is so important. We've studied the Canaanites mm. and, and the, this people group, yeah. of all people groups that God would put, <laughs> put a, a, around his chosen yeah. family yeah. are the Canaanites, yeah. where he said, Cursed be Canaan. Refined so, by fire, yeah. Yeah, so how, how is this challenge illustrated in the life of Jacob, and even when he sends Joseph to Shechem, to find his brothers, what a move that is to send his, yeah. his son alone to Shechem to find his brothers who were caring for the flock. So 
What is this all about, living as a stranger in the land of the Canaanites? Yeah, well, if you jump to the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, it points out that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were all strangers in the land of Canaan, as you said, Pastor. So uh, Hebrews 11.9 says, By faith Abraham sojourned in the land of promise, Mm. as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. So while these nomadic shepherds had the promise of the land, they themselves never grasped it completely, the ownership of it. And there was never this sense of settling down. Instead, they basically had to survive among the dangerous people. Yeah, the they were like immigrants. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. they were just surrounded by these dangerous people. And so Abraham's nephew Lot was kidnapped, for instance. Isaac's wells were stolen. And Jacob's daughter Dinah was raped. So believe it or not, I recently learned that for shepherds in Israel today, it's still dangerous. So many of them actually have to rely on volunteers to help watch over their flocks during the night because otherwise their sheep will be stolen. So all of this to say, I think that because these patriarchs were strangers in the land, it really forced them to rely on God. It forced them to put all their trust in their heavenly father. And God used that reality um, you know, of them being strangers wandering in a foreign land as a way to keep them close to him. Right. And and I know I'm jumping ahead in the story a little bit, but I, I really believe how Jacob sending Joseph to this town of Shechem mm-hmm. is really an illustration of them being strangers because when um, Dinah was, was raped by the men of Shechem, yeah. then Simeon and Levi went into that city and basically... They killed all yeah. all the men mm-hmm. and and tricked them and deceived them yeah. in the process, right? <laughs> yeah. And and Jacob was beside himself. And this is just a few chapters before this. Right. This mm-hmm. is in chapter thirty-four in verse in verse thirty, and it says Jacob sent to Simeon and Levi. He said to them, "You have troubled me to make me to stink among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites." And and I'm few in number, and they shall gather themselves together against me and slay me, mm-hmm. and I shall be destroyed. I am my house. Yeah. And so there was already this deep tension now between mm-hmm. the, the Jacob and his family and the Shechemites. Right. And where are Jacob's sons? Jacob thinks feeding the sheep in Shechem, mm-hmm. and he sends his beloved son mm-hmm. to there. So we see this pressure on and on in different ways. Okay, so... As, as you well mentioned, that verse in Hebrews, and there's actually a lot of verses, uh, or at least a number of verses in the New Testament, Vinny, where it talks about how we are strangers and mm. pilgrims in this world. And I, I especially oh, yeah. like uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, and it says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul. And so... Just as Isaac and Jacob lived as strangers in their world, we have to live as strangers in ours, right? Right, Don't right, right. And so I know you yeah. have a, a great heart to live as a stranger for Jesus Christ, serving yes. him yes. and doing ministry and doing the work of the Lord. So how do you live for Christ as a stranger, if you will, in New York City and doing the work of the ministry for Jesus? Well, the ministry I've been involved with for many years with Heritage, I believe it's about maybe 15 years with the homeless. Mm. And we've dealt with a lot of people out there that I would say definitely say that they were strangers to the people on the street, people that were working and people that were living their normal routine and this and that. The poor homeless were out there, and they were distant from the regular routine of everybody else. They were strangers. And we were able to reach those people in a way that we showed them the love of Christ. 
Even mm-hmm. some of us uh, that have even gone over to them, we, we didn't have any fear with even hugging and having emotion and lo- showing the love of Christ through us to them. Mm-hmm. And we, we had bumped into years ago, I would say it has to be about 15 years ago, I met a brother. He was actually washing himself in the street off a hyd- five hydrant, and his name was James Abuamusa. And I went over to James, and I started witnessing to him, and I asked him if he needed food or clothes or whatever, and he was very blessed with that. He said, wow, brother, you came at the right time. And his words alone, I said, this man is a homeless man. And the speech that came out of his mouth was amazing. It just grabbed my heart. And I started talking to him, and he told me he came from Africa, and he was on the run. Actually, he came, he was in Canada, ran from Canada, came over to the U.S., and he was actually running from Africa because he had actually had, uh, there were people after him to try to kill him for some things that were going on. Yeah, he exposed a lot of the things going on in the they mining were, industry. And the mining, in there was the diamond yeah. mines, and yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I connected. And then he started speaking, and he said, you know, I've been in the streets for many, many months, and this and that. I says, listen, brother, I have to take you, you know, it, God just touched my heart right there. Mm-hmm. I says, I got to take you home with me. <laughs> it, yeah. it sounds funny, but it's true. Yeah. I actually pulled yeah. my car up to where he was, and I brought him to a homeless shelter that night because he was living in the street. And we became very, very good friends. We knew him for a few years. We connected in a way that he amazed the church. Actually, he spoke, I believe, at least 10 to 12 different languages. The man was a genius in himself. I believe he was a mathematical genius, too, because he had mentioned something about a machine that him and some people worked on that were able to discover diamonds. And I'm like, wow, (laughs) you know, I mean, how does that uh, go into the ground and do this, you know? But over the years, we were so blessed with him. Yeah, he was a blessing in our church. He was. And my wife and I connected so much to him. He had come to my house many a time. He stayed with us. And he had passed away a few years ago. Matter of fact, that was a heart-wrenching time Mm -hmm. for heritage. He became our family. Yes, he He truly became our family. So we were blessed. blessed. It's a blessing to... To, to serve God in that way and yeah. to be out on the streets and to mm. share the gospel. And, Mike, I know you go out many times with us as well in our mm-hmm. homeless out- outreach. We all have, have been out there yeah. and sharing the gospel with our homeless. And it, yeah. it, and it is difficult, but it, it's a blessing to share with them. We we don't see a lot of fruit. We we had James come into our church. We've mm-hmm. seen a few mm. over the years, but but we do it because we want to share the love of Jesus Christ mm. with them. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And I, I think it's... Um, it's a testament to our church and mm. the way that we treat people. That mm. So I came into Heritage about six and a half years ago, and James would be there, and he'd be in his suit, and he would be taking offering. And, you know, yeah. and then I didn't even know until after he passed away what his situation was. I had no idea. Mm. Um, and I think it's a real testament that you know, we just treat everybody equally, and that's Amen. what the Bible says, like yeah. treat everybody equally. But I would say that you know, the closer I've gotten to the Lord over the years, the more I do feel like a stranger in New York City. Mm. Um, you know, I know that the Lord has called me mm. here. I know that he's keeping me here for a purpose, and like Vinny mentioned, every once in a while God gives us this glimpse of why we're here, which ultimately is to please and honor him. I did get one of these glimpses about a week and a half ago. Um, there's a woman that I knew who reached out to me and she said, you know, I want to have lunch with you and your friend. And she's from a foreign country. And years ago I had given her, me and my friend had given her some real encouragement Mm -hmm. about her business. And, you know, I was just telling the truth. I wasn't thinking too much of it. And she basically 
because she was so encouraged, she had the confidence then to go out and start this business. So oh, I had no idea this oh. is what's going to happen. Now she has seven employees. <laughs> She's so busy she can't even, you know, get all the work done that she has Amazing. coming in through mm. a tailor shop, through a tailoring business. Mm. And she just kept thanking us and thanking us for this word of encouragement. Timing and, is everything. And huh? As God leads timing us. Timing is everything. Yes. God is definitely covering Amen. her business. That's amazing. Amen. But it was just awesome to see that even just a word of encouragement mm. can actually change the course of somebody's yeah. life. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And you know, the idea of being a stranger to it, it's in the very first verse of the book of First Peter where Peter's writing. He says, to the strangers scattered. So the Christians had been under persecution. They were scattered. And he said they were like strangers in their world. And just as Isaac was a stranger and Jacob and his family, they were strangers. And the idea there is you just can't blend in. No. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you just kind of stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> yeah. And people know who you are, that yeah. you're, you're just you're, you're different, yeah. you know, in the idea of a, of a stranger. Um, and and as, as Christians, we're not here to blend in. Mm. Like Lot. Now, Lot was not a stranger in Sodom and Gomorrah. He mm. was sitting at the gate, blending in to that mm-hmm. culture. Right. Mm-hmm. But Nehemiah, on the other hand, he was a stranger, if you will. He was a wall builder. Mm-hmm. So we're not just here to blend in. We're here to build walls. We're here to share the gospel. We're mm-hmm. here to be, be missionaries for mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And and I really do believe that all of us are missionaries for the Lord when we become saved because we've all been under commission by Jesus to go into Amen. the world. Amen. So in that Amen. sense, to be strangers. You know, I worked at Bellevue Hospital for many years, over 35, close to 40 years. And it's funny, my partner and I were believers. Uh-huh. So we had, my, my wagon was set up and it had signs on there about Jesus and they called us the God <laughs> Squad. You're one of those fanatics. Like, <laughs> there he is, Jesus they're coming on. down there. Be careful, yeah. lead the way. But, uh, you know, one of those a, ex-drug addicts, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that, <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah, so was I. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, so God did work a big work in me since 1985. But anyway, so the thing is that people would walk away from me and, you know, and say, well, here they come again. And we would go into the shops and talk and just bring the love of Christ. And I would tell the guys, listen, if you don't know Jesus, you know, what's this world all about? Yeah, it's great. Everything looks great right in front of us and this and that. That's all going to pass away. Mm-hmm. That's all going to disintegrate one day. You're not going to have anything. Yeah. But with Christ, let me tell you something. Once you have that love of Christ in your heart, mm-hmm. there's nothing in this world that compares to that. You can have Amen. all the money in the world, the family that loves you, everything that's going great, a great job, this and that, but it doesn't compare. That's because right. you could be in the streets struggling. If you have Christ, you have a joy that none of this world can compare to. And we shared that verse. I just shared that verse Amen. earlier tonight. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. And when Praise you God. give the Word of God to somebody who needs the Word of God, you're going to have joy. Mm-hmm. So here's my challenge to our listeners tonight. Call us right now at 929-333-3739. We want to pray for you that God would fill you with the Holy Spirit and make you a strong witness as a stranger for Jesus Christ in this world. Not blending in, but being strong and being filled with the Holy Spirit. We want you to call us right now. Let us pray with you that God would give you the power of God in your life so that you could be a witness on your job, so that you could be a witness in your family, in your community. That's what we really would like to pray with you tonight. We have wonderful call screeners here right now. That's my challenge. Give us a call, 929-333-3739. So let's just, now let's move on. We've seen this matter of the cultural idolatry as Jacob lived as a stranger. Now let's move on to the family iniquity Mm. itself. 
of, J- of Jacob's family because his family wasn't a perfect family, as we said, by any stretch of the imaginations. In fact, in fact, it was like dysfunction, I say, on steroids. Mm. And the, the, the equation of the family, there's one father, <laughs> four mothers, <laughs> and 12 sons. Yeah. And one of those mothers is now dead, which happens to be the mother of Joseph. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. his mom is dead. Yeah. And he's the favorite son of his father. And all of this is a powder keg of trouble, isn't it? So, yeah. so uh, Brother Vinny, let's first focus first on Joseph's father, Jacob. Mm. And how is his sin exposed in verses 2 and 3? Well, I would say for the why he had... A numerous amount of wives for one thing and <laughs> children and this and that and he focused more on his one son but that was actually trickled down from his own father mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying that uh, there was a problem in the family that it's a generational thing yeah. and i can actually relate to that in my own family we had we had uh two brothers that were forced to care but they stayed with us most of their life and there was a total of seven of us and out of the seven, we had one brother that had, it's, it's so coincidental, and it matches up. He was the only one with red hair. And for some reason, <laughs> where does that match up in Scripture here? Yeah, with Esau being redhead. Yes, and, there was, red, a, huh? and there, was a, there was a problem there. So with this redhead, he actually turned from the whole family. Mm. And there's a jealousy, and we love him. But we actually had to put him off in his own little home up in the mountains, and he's living there. It's our, it belongs to the whole family, but we actually let him go up there and live his life, and it's not one of the greatest lives. He will actually call every once in a while just to threaten and say that you've got to sign this property over to me, which isn't his. But getting away from that... It's in every family. There's always an issue somewhere mm. with somebody. You can have a big family. It could be only one person right. that there's something strange. They, and they, they pull away. See, all right, I'll give you a little generational issue with my brother. My mother and father fought when he was seven years old. My brother now is 62 years old. Mm-hmm. When they had a fight, my father said something to my mother that was not good. Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't believe he's my son. Because of his red hair. Mm. And my brother happened to be there, you know, yeah, seven yeah. years oh, wow. old. So that stayed within him. Sure. But it put something in him that affected his whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And it's a shame. It's really a heartbreak in itself. Yeah. Micah, would you like to add to this? Yeah. Well, not only did Jacob favor a certain wife and a certain son, as Vinny said, but he didn't even try to hide it. Instead, mm. he gave his favorite son this coat of many colors, which was it was a highly visible physical manifestation of his favoritism. You know, Jacob may as well have put a flashing neon sign over Joseph's tent saying, number one son, mm. number one son. Mm. Can you imagine being Reuben, Simeon, Levi or Judah? You already know that your dad loves your mom, Leah, less than he loved Rachel. But once your half-brother Joseph is born, your dad starts treating you almost like stepchildren. Mm. And it was probably even worse for the sons of Bilhah mm. and Zilpah because their moms weren't even married to your dad. And there's another half-brother uh, half in the Bible who has something to say about this. James, who is the half-brother of our Lord Jesus Christ, says in his epistle, James 2, 8 and 9, says, If ye will fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. But if ye have respect to persons, in other words, if you show favoritisms, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law of transgressors. So by showing blatant favoritism, 
Jacob was transgressing in sin. That's what the Bible tells us. Yeah, yeah. And I want to back up a little bit, though, because we're, we're skipping a little bit ahead here, but that's okay. Mm. But I want to back up a little bit, again, to Bilhah and Zilpah. Mm. I find it very interesting how they are referenced in the text in verse 2, where it says that Joseph, 17 years old, feeding the flock with the brethren, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah. And then it says his father's wives. That's very curious to me why it doesn't mention um, Leah, for example, here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, but Bilhah and Zilpah, they were not technically and officially the wives of Jacob. Right. Jacob married Leah. Mm-hmm. That was really his official wife, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he didn't want to marry Leah, so he, he he married, of course, Rachel a few years later. But we never read them mar- uh, read of him marrying Zilpah and Bilhah in that way. They were really the servants of Leah right. and Rachel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, what is this about? Let's just cut to the chase. It's a sin. Yes, mm-hmm. Jacob was in sin and yeah. fell into the into a cultural standard that was accepted in the culture around him right. but it was still a sin mm-hmm. and so I, I i believe there's such a lesson here for christians that it is so it's easy for christians to fall into cultural practices yeah. that everybody might say are is okay mm-hmm. but it's wrong mm-hmm. and so whether it's engaging in sex as a casual thing or aborting babies mm-hmm. And it's, it's tragic to yeah. think of how many people who profess the name of Jesus Christ yeah. have had abortions. Or now, Christians, we're going to be pushed by this world of ours to declare our pronouns. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe that would be a compromise yeah. for Christians to do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of things like that where we could just allow the culture to squeeze us into its mold. And I think that's what was going on here. Yeah. With, Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that, you know, because we're not going to cover it because it came in the chapters prior, but it was such a bad situation where Jacob got tricked into marrying Leah, but then he really wanted Rachel, so her father gave him Rachel, and then Leah had children, Rachel couldn't have children, so then to make it right, he thought to make it right, he, you know, took the handmaid They had Rachel, a contest to see who have more <laughs> no. kids. It, it was almost as Amazing. if it was like a competition. don't make a right, yeah, it was, mm. it was super complicated. Um, so should we go to James here? He, he's sure. a caller, and he wants to comment about something. So James on line two. We can put him on the air. Uh, James on line two. James on line two. Are you, are you here with us on the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program live? Yes, I am. Okay. How are you tonight, James? What is your comment or question? My, question my, my, my statement is really, I'm making a statement. The reason why Joseph's brothers didn't like him is because he was a snitch. He used to carry news on his brothers to his father. What do you think about that? Oh, well, we were going to just go right into that, James, and talk about that, because it does say in this, in this verse that Joseph brought to his father their evil report. So my question, Micah, would you like to answer this to uh, James? Was, sure. was Joseph being a tattletale or a snitch, like James <laughs> says, in yes. telling his father of the evil of his brothers? What do you think? Okay, well, James, this is what I think, so let, let, me, let me get into this a little bit. So upon first reading of the text, it actually does sound like Joseph was being a tattletale. You know, he ran to Mm. give his father this evil report about his brothers. Frankly, it sounds like something I would have done when I was that age. But 
that's not what we're talking about here because Joseph brought his father, Jacob, this evil report. But when you look at that word evil in the Hebrew, the original word is ra. And it, the prior uses in Genesis up until this point indicate that there was serious wickedness happening. So, for instance, the first time we see that word ra, it appears in the garden when the, when the tree is called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The next time the word appears is when God describes the great wickedness of man's heart, which caused him to destroy the earth with the flood. And then right after that, the next time we see it is God is describing this wickedness in Sodom. So while we can only speculate as to what the actual evil was, Joseph's brothers, they weren't just doing some minor thing. They were guilty of something quite serious, James. Yeah, and James, if I could just add to that, and then you can comment, but I believe that Joseph, in reporting this evil was showing honor and loyalty to his father because his brother's behavior put them in danger. Remember, they were living in a dangerous land of Canaan, and some of these brothers had already killed the, all the men of Shechem. So we, the, the, the evil that was in their hearts could have brought great danger to Jacob and his family and ultimately the, the messianic line. So I believe... Joseph was being wise and honoring his father in telling them of their evil. Uh, you could be right. Okay. okay. <laughs> okay. All right, James. All right, James. So well, thank you. Call. That's a great question, though, James. Can James. I add one thing, Pastor? And, and that's why I love these narratives, because yeah. it doesn't say in the text, Joseph was right or Joseph was wrong. Right. But it's really up for us to evaluate, hmm. I think, the whole of the situation. Right. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I also think, you know, he was shepherding the sheep for his father, so... He was working for Jacob. So on the one hand, he was an employee. On the other hand, he was a loyal son. And it was actually his duty to look out for his dad's best interest. If his brothers were jeopardizing dad's business, then bringing it to Jacob's attention, Joseph was actually acting righteously, I believe. Yes. Okay. Okay. So let's, uh, can we go to Vinny's friend, Vish? Did you know Vish is on the line here? Oh. Okay. So let's go to uh, Vish. Uh, Vish, your, your good buddy, Vinny, is sitting right here with his lovely wife, Grace. And hey, you're hello. on the program. Hello there, Vish. How you doing? Yes. Hi. 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 Um, I'm doing. I'm doing great. Okay. Did you want to make any comment, uh, Vish? We are enjoying the program right now. My wife and I, Cindy, and uh, a little one, Ethan, here. We're listening in, and we're enjoying it. Uh, Want to say that you guys are doing a great job. And I've known Vinny for a very long time, and he's an awesome, wonderful person. He's always been there for me. Uh, through my my down times and and even now you know we we still keep in touch every ever so often and he's always there for me to give me wonderful advice and his wonderful wife Grace even is equal to her as well she and 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 my wife you know have those wonderful conversations and you know we we enjoyed it we enjoyed him a hundred percent so yeah I, I just um to request if 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 uh if possible we can have a prayer for my family. Okay. All right, Vish. We'd like to do that. We'd like to pray for you and your family. I'm going to ask Vinny, why don't you pray for Vish, okay, and for the Lord to work mightily. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We praise you, Lord, and we thank you for my brother Vish calling us today, oh, Father God. We know his heart, oh, Lord. I know the troubles that he has gone through. Him and I have known each other for maybe 12 to 14 years, and I thank you for him coming into my life and being able to bless him like I have over the years, oh, Father God. Even his father, I, I'm going to say something funny. His father was a believer. His father was a Christian man. 
but they're Trinidad, and they're a dark-skinned caller, and his father said something years ago when he met me. He said, Vish, you've got to stay close to this white man. He's going to do good by you. So we always thought that that was a funny funny thing, the way he pronounced that. You know, it said that. But Lord, I ask you to just be with their family, truly hold them together. We know the toughness of this world. We know that, you know, the enemy is around every corner to destroy, seeking to destroy each and every time. And Lord, we know he's got a beautiful son, Ethan. And we had a great time with him recently and the whole family. And plus his, his daughter, he's got a daughter and an older son. And we ask you to put your hedge upon them. We ask you to cover them with your love and let their hearts be filled with the spirit of your, your ways, O oh Father God, for them to know you and wanting to know you more and more. The funny thing about he, I have to mention this as we just uh, cry out again, Lord, and thank you for them. But uh, many years ago, Vish, you remember, you came to Heritage, and I don't know if uh, Pastor Recker remembers this, but uh, he came one time, and uh, and I'm sorry, I think I, I asked Pastor to announce him and bring him up to the front or whatever, and you were a little shy about that afterwards, and it was like, oh, what did I do? So do you remember that, Vish? Yeah, I do, I do. Yeah, well, Vish, uh, you know what, Vish, well, we have some, you're from Trinidad, huh? Yes. Oh, so yes. I've been to Trinidad. We love Trinidad, the beautiful mm-hmm. island, and we have some beautiful Trinidadians in our mm-hmm. church. Two of our deacons, who I trust, uh, you know, in in the human sense, like my own brothers in mm-hmm. in the flesh, and even more. Uh, and so we love the Trinidadian people, and we love Trinidad, and and we we welcome you to our church, and we will not make a thing about you coming. All right, we won't. Come, <laughs> I won't even uh, call you out and say hello to you from the pulpit. You just come and relax, okay, Vish? But uh, God bless you. Thanks for being here with us tonight. Thanks for giving us a call, and let's let's keep moving on here, as we move from the cultural idolatry to the family iniquity, and now we see. The sibling hostility. Now, we've kind of already hit at it a little bit, but what a powder keg of trouble this is, as there's a lot of rivalry, right, between the sons of Jacob, where it says, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. And we look at that, and we say, Jacob, what are you doing? What are you doing, buddy? We just want to shake him by the shoulders and say, didn't this mess you yeah. and your brother Esau up with your dad, Isaac, and your mom, Rebecca? And now you're bringing the same thing into your own home. But that's what he was doing. He made Joseph this special coat. Now, what, what do you think that special coat Jacob thought of Joseph by that special coat? What do, what do you think? What do I think he thought of it? Yeah. I, you know, I just, I just, in my mind, I picture all the 11 other brothers in these drab colors that you sort of see when you go to the Middle East. You know, they're wearing khaki, tan, whatever. And all of a sudden, here comes Joseph in his rainbow-colored coat. I mean, I would have hated him, too. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. 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 But the thing is, God called Abram, and he said, through you, all the nations would be blessed. Mm. So it was clear Abraham was the, the one through whom the seed of Messiah would go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Abraham, of course, had that special son, Isaac. It was clear. There wasn't a, a doubt. Yeah. Isaac was the one through whom the special Messiah would be born. Mm-hmm. And then Isaac had twins, Jacob and Esau. And God told them from the beginning 
that it was the it was the younger yeah. one mm-hmm. who who was going to be the one through whom Messiah that was Jacob. Yeah. So God clearly laid it out that it was Jacob. Right. But when Jacob had twelve sons, yeah. God which, didn't who, say which one is it going to be. <laughs> which one it was going to be. Yeah. So I believe that Jacob kind of picked Joseph mm, in his okay. mind. That was his yeah. favorite son. He uh-huh. he was basically saying Joseph is going to be the one through whom the Messiah. Is. Jacob was wrong. Yeah, he was. <laughs> but but I believe that that made the other sons, especially the firstborn, especially, especially the, first the sons yeah. of his first wife Leah, mm-hmm. uh, jealous uh, of him uh, and and of that choice. And ultimately, Jacob was making a choice that it was, wasn't his to make. This mm-hmm. was God's choice. Yeah. yeah. And what I believe as well, we'll talk more about this. But the Joseph story isn't a story about Joseph being the Messiah mm-hmm. the, or the one through whom Messiah would be born. Mm-hmm. But the but how Joseph's brothers treated Joseph, who was like a type of Christ, right. mm-hmm. would determine who the, the Messiah would come from. Oh, okay. And okay. it would be Judah. So that's why Judah was was chosen. He was the one who stood up and defended Joseph. I know I'm going to the end of the story, but I believe that's the, really the big picture mm, right. of the, the reason why this story is in the Bible, mm. so that we could see the one, the son of Jacob, through whom Messiah would be born. Amen. But... Amen. Grace, let, let's talk to you here for a minute. How you doing? You're so quiet good. over there. I'm good. I'm you know, Vish actually hey. said that you were. He said you were equal to to Vinny. I was going to correct him on that, no, but uh, <laughs> but but anyway, he said you're so special. That's what okay. well, you, you don't have the headphones too. on. No, but Vish yeah. spoke. He spoke really highly of you. So, Grace, let's talk about this sibling rivalry yes. a little bit. And you have sons. You have yes. grandsons. How do you think others would feel if you singled out one of of your sons as your favorite? Yeah. And how do you how do you make sure that that none feel less loved than right. the others? Right. You know, after uh, going through the the Joseph story mm-hmm. and seeing it on paper, it's really kind of sad. I kind of feel bad for his brothers too, even though Joseph was you know the good one or whatever. But I know with my sons. I think about something back in the day, like my, when Eric was born, Michael was five years old. And, you know, I kept, I had a lot of time, you know, I had a baby. And Michael kept saying to me, Mom, do you still love me? Do you still love me? So yeah. at a young age, they feel it. Yeah. They'll feel if you, if you're, you know, playing favorites. And I think to this day, they still, they always think, they think they do. But I always, like, there's always some, one quality that you like in each kid. So I feel like you have yeah. to always just be equal, no matter, even if you don't feel it sometimes. You have to show equal love no matter what. I mean, they're your kids, and, you know, no matter what, yeah. you can't show favoritism. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of felt like when my kids were born, it wasn't like when I had my second child that now my heart was divided, and I had no, to yeah. give a percentage of my love to one. Right. Like, I love 50%, right. now I no, love, no. I'm going to love you each. But it was like, your kids get all yes, of all your, your love. love. Yes, they, they just just your heart opens up right. to give the, each child all your love. That that's the way that's I the always way felt yes, as, as a yes. father. You know. Yes. And it's true. You somehow, feel like a hundred percent each. You mm-hmm, know. It's yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. So how how do you show that that love? How do you try? How did you try to treat your children and even your grandchildren now to make them feel equally loved? Well, basically just. You know, being there for them, um, just just being with, just being there for them as a mom, whatever they needed, helping with, the, you know, going, just doing your mom, you know, going to school, going back for both of them. I, I did the same exact thing, mm. sports. Always, I was always doing stuff with them. 
And I, I can't say, I even asked my son Michael before I came up here, did you uh-huh. ever feel that, uh, you know, I, I loved you less? He's like, I don't know, Mom, but I know that he didn't. I know, I don't think he did. That's what he said to me. I don't know, yeah, but right. I really, because he was the older one. But I felt like I really, like you said, Pastor, I just had love for both. That was just overwhelming love, not divided. Like, oh, let me right. get 50 mm-hmm. or 30. No, it's just like that's the way I felt, both. Yeah, yeah. And the grandsons, too, right? We just, yes, yes. Well, with my children, I have they're all individuals, yeah. and it's an individual situation circumstance with each and every one of them Mm -hmm. so you can treat one one way and the other you know you'll you'll get like a reaction like why are you doing that with him and not with Mm -hmm. me so i would have to balance it now i have two sons and a daughter and i have eight grandchildren you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying so with all that you know we have a a great time a lot of balancing now i do babysit grace and i babysit a lot for the three little guys so they know me as, you know, I'm a stern grandfather, and I'll walk in the house. We'll have a pillow fight for about an hour. You know, we're throwing <laughs> pillows all over the place. And then Papa, they look at Papa like, uh-oh, you know, maybe it's time to chill out a little bit. And oh, I'll Vinny. Say, okay, Vinny. Oh, okay, yes. go ahead. Finish it. And what I'll do is I'll say, all right, it's Papa's time to watch a little news or whatever, and yeah. they'll continue no, no, for no, a no, few no. minutes. Papa they, has no time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, then, then I'll say, and I raise my voice just a little mm-hmm. bit. I change the tone, and they listen. You know, it's a funny thing how they they do do things with me that are different than from others. But, Vin, I know you have older boys. Yes. And you have one daughter. Mm. And uh, I I think you kind of like, is she your favorite, favorite, Vinny? But that's daddy's little girl. That's daddy's (laughs) little girl. Trish, I don't know if you're listening out there or not. (laughs) Or Nick Trish, and Paul? I, I think you're his favorite, Trish, but that's oh, just no. my opinion. No. But the, 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 the only reason I say that is, is I never saw you raise your boys, but uh-huh. I know you put all your heart uh-huh. and love into your into well, your Well, I, I have well. to say something real quick. And uh, we, we I was out in Arizona this past week, and my oldest son, which is 44 years old, him and I went on a, a camera, a, what is it called? At kayak. Kayak. A blow-up kayak, and we went down a river called mm. the Salt River, seven miles. Wow. And we had such a great time. It was awesome. We saw about 40 wild horses in the oh, water, wow. you know, all kinds of vegetation and everything. that. In Arizona, you would think you couldn't see anything except desert. And it was such a, a rewarding time for me because mm-hmm. him and I, we... we that are a little ups and downs, but my younger guys, you know, he's been closer to me. He's more of an engineer. He learned more from me. Mm. The older guy is more of a white collar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, there's been that difference. Different. Yeah, yeah. That difference. Yeah. You know. So, dear listener, I want to encourage you right now. We have a few moments left in our program, but we're here to pray with you. If you want us to pray for your children right now, call us right now at 929-333-3739. Maybe you're struggling loving one. And uh, in an equal fashion to to another, maybe uh, and, and that and that's created conflict in your home, or maybe hostility amongst your children uh, with you as well, or maybe you just want us to pray for your children that God would bless them in a particular way and lead them and shine His love and bring salvation to them. Give us a call right now at nine two nine three 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 seven. Three nine. So, Vinny, how did how do you think the way Jacob was raised by Isaac and Rebecca? Because Isaac favored Esau, mm. right, and Rebecca favored Jacob. Do you think that affected then the way he treated his own sons? Oh, definitely. You know, it's definitely an effect there, and I could see it in my own family. There was an effect from my father trickling down. Yeah, yeah. Micah, 
Great to have you with us tonight, as always, as we begin this new series. I'm excited. Grace, thank you for gracing us with your presence (laughs) uh, here tonight and sharing. (laughs) And listeners, thank you for being there. Thank you so much for listening to our program. We hope that you'll listen again Sunday night at 6 p.m. and tell a friend about our program. And if you're looking for a good Bible-believing church, visit us at Heritage Baptist Church. Check us out online at H bcnyc.org. We would be so encouraged to have you visit with us on Sunday. Our Bible study is at 10 a.m. Our service starts at 11 a.m. And remember, Jesus Christ is with you, just as he was with Joseph to bless you. Good night. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another 